fitness isn't about what you can do one day, especially in the endurance world. It's how you feel the next day and then a couple days later so that you can continue to repeat the process and continue to get fitter. Right. So many people can blow out a great one day, but then they're shelled for a couple days and then, then the workout quality of what they did gets lost. Right. But if you can come back from, let's say, our 8,000-yard swim yesterday and swim a good swim practice today and not feel too re- tired from it, or like you were saying earlier, I feel pretty good. That mm-hmm. didn't take that much out of me. That's a sign of fitness. That's what I define as fitness because now you're able to withstand what I, what the training plan throws at you, and you're absorbing it, right? You're, you're taking the load and can absorb it and therefore get stronger. That's Chris Howth, and this is another edition of Coach's Corner on the Rich Roll Podcast. The Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody. How you guys doing? What's happening? My name is Rich Roll. Welcome to my podcast. Brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel, but what you wear isn't just clothes. It is without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor-fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team. From increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by a very exciting brand new sponsor, Go Brewing. I am sober. I don't drink. And I devoted so many episodes of this podcast to the unreal benefits of an alcohol-free lifestyle. Why? Because even if you don't have issues with booze and suds, no amount of alcohol is good for you. At a minimum, it wreaks havoc on your sleep and produces a hangover that destroys your energy, your mood, and your focus. At worst, it turns your whole life upside down. But no longer does that mean you have to break up with your favorite brew because my pals at Go Brewing are making all your favorite brews, minus the alcohol, fewer calories, and more productive tomorrows. It's not every day that I get the privilege to witness the inception of a company collaborating with our podcast, but that's exactly what happened with Go Brewing. I'm gonna tell you this story. A few years back, I spoke at this event in Illinois, fittingly named Go, 
And it turns out that that very day catalyzed Joe, the founder, to start his own N.A. beer company, Go Brewing. I had no idea about any of this until I bumped into Joe at Jesse Itzler's Running Man event the other month in Georgia. And he shared this story with me. I savored his fare in all its varieties and deeply moved by the mission and what he shared with me and just impressed with the insane taste and quality of his alcohol-free concoctions, I wanted to help share the discovery. Made with natural ingredients faithful to traditional beer styles, Go Brewing has an impressive lineup of delicious, small-batch, craft, alcohol-free brews, all without added sugar or artificial processing. My favorite is their double IPA, not just another story, but basically you just really can't go wrong because everything they make is brewed to perfection, worthy of trying yourself, which you can now do at gobrewing.com. That's gobrewing.com and use the code richroll for 15% off your first purchase. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And with that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem, a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support, and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple, search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life in recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. We did it. That's the business end of the podcast. Let's get to the show part. Uh, today, I am reprising our popular Coach's Corner segment of the show. If you listen to my episode with Louis Cole a while back, I think that was number 285, uh, I checked in with Chris Houth, my coach, for about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes on the progress of my training. We talked about endurance sports. We talked about balance, all kinds of cool stuff. And the feedback was really good. People really enjoyed it. They wanted more of that. So uh, we're doing it again today. For those of you that are new to the program, Chris Houth is a former Olympic swimmer and world-class triathlete. He uh, won Ironman Coeur d'Alene in 2006. He's also the Ironman age group world champion. He was the first American amateur and fourth overall American at the Ironman World Championships in Kona. Uh, and now he's a full-time coach. He coaches everybody from Western States top finishers to Ultraman winners, tons of swimmers. 
uh, people training for Olympic trials and even just, you know, people starting out. Uh, so all the way from elite to, uh, the person who's trying to like lose weight and tackle their first, you know, half marathon or what have you. And he's a great guy. Uh, I started working with Chris in 2008. He's coached me through three Ultraman world championships, also Epic five. And now together we're training as a team for the upcoming Udalo. I think that's how you say it. Udalo, uh, world championships, the world championships of swim run in Sweden in September. Uh, it is a, basically it's an, like an eight hour, eight, nine hour ultra swim running adventure race where you kind of island hop in this, uh, in, in this archipelago of islands just south of Stockholm. It's really beautiful and cool. And I'm very excited about my preparation for this race, which is going to be happening in about 11 weeks. And I was just up in San Francisco this past weekend. I was able to, uh, go up to Marin and put in a good day of training with Chris. And I thought it was an opportune time to reprise our Coach's Corner segment on the show and check in on how I'm doing, how he's doing, and discuss uh, a myriad of subjects that are also germane to all of you guys, whether you're an elite athlete, an amateur athlete, a weekend warrior, or just somebody trying to work your way back into uh, fitness. Uh, Chris, I should mention, has also uh, previously been featured on this show uh, way back, episode 21. Uh, and also a second interview with him, episode 256, and of course, The Coach's Corner, which was 285 with Louis Cole. So in any event, this conversation is going to cover our preparation for Odalo, details about the race and the gear and all that kind of stuff, uh, what it's been like to get me back into competition shape after a five-year break, uh, the approach to training when you're in your 50s and 60s and above, and it's about defining peak performance for you, which I think has to encapsulate and incorporate the enjoyment factor, how to train enough to complete your goal without over-obsessing and ruining other aspects of your personal life, which I think is super-duper important. In fact, just about an hour ago, I read an incredible blog post by Amelia Boone. Uh, and for those that don't know who she is, she is the queen of obstacle course racing. Uh, it's a sport that she just downright dominates. And this post that she wrote was really powerful and vulnerable. It was all about how her upward success trajectory really sacrificed the joy and the gratitude that attracted her to endurance sports in the first place. And it's about her journey back to finding a way to race that is fun, that's joyous, that that allows her to feel gratitude. And I thought it was really beautifully written. Uh, so I'm going to link it up in the show notes. Um, today is Wednesday, so I'm probably going to put that in roll call as well. In any event, uh, I love my man, Chris. I think you guys enjoy him too, all of our conversations. So without further ado, I give you my conversation with Chris Health. All right, we're sitting here in, what is this, a sports medicine clinic? Yeah, Presidio Sports Medicine. It's an old historic spot in the Presidio. Uh-huh. It's cool. It's a, it's a hop, skip, and a jump away from where I did the podcast with Biz Stone. His oh, office yeah. was, is like right down the street here. Right on. So right it's on. cool to be yeah, back here. Presidio. It's, I know. It's, it's amazing. I mean, when I lived in San Francisco, the Presidio was just military base, essentially, right? And now yeah. it's totally privatized with all these super cool bungalows big and old playgrounds. And <laughs> it's pretty cool, man. So, yeah. all right, man. So we're back for another Coach's Corner mm -hmm. with the great Chris Health. Mm -hmm. We're going to check in on training. We're going to talk endurance, sports, and yep. life. Yep. 
where you just mentioned to me before we started, we're 11 weeks out of, of our race. Of, yeah. I, yeah. I keep calling it Otillo, but I think the pronunciation is Otillo. Is you know it? How, do you know how they say it? I think um, with the umlaut on top, it's Otillo. Otillo. Yeah. Otillo. Uh, or something like that. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably we that's need to hear somebody. at least <laughs> than what I've been saying. Uh, I'm excited. I'm a little bit nervous. And uh, I thought it would be an appropriate time since I'm here in San Francisco and we, we put in a good training day yesterday together to kind of check in and do a little status report on the State of the Union. Yeah, I think it was really fun yesterday because we can see that we swim the same speed now. That was a relief to me. Yeah, and it's um, it makes it very manageable now to do the workouts going forward too because I'll do a swim set or I'll do a workout and I'll just give you the exact same right. one and the same paces and so on. So that'll make it um, easy to, to manage through that. And then from the running standpoint, even if we're not exactly the same, um, the fact that we can manage each other through our day will be helpful too. I mean, it, we're not that far apart. And so as one person is working through that section of the run, maybe the other person is holding some nutrition or helping motivate right. or getting through it or navigating, letting you know 5K to go now on this stretch and sort of all the other ones <laughs> suffering through that stretch. Well, that's a very kind and generous way uh, of, of, uh, of putting it because the truth of the matter is, is you're a much better runner than I am. I think my zone two right now in running is probably in the 730, 740 range and yours is down at like seven minutes. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. so the, the, the job for me is to improve on that running as best I can in these 11 weeks so that I can bridge that gap a little bit. Uh, but <clears throat> the truth is you're a stronger runner. So uh, for me, that means, uh, well, I guess for, for you, that means for both of us, I suppose, it's going to be about staying in touch and how we're going to yeah. be able to do this together and not you know, drift apart. And then the good thing in the training, too, is I was just getting ready for a half Ironman, so I brought up my speed a little bit, um, especially from a Z2 standpoint. It brings it down a few seconds per mile. Mm -hmm. And so we'll do something similar for you so that we keep the endurance going but bring up the speed a little bit more. And you've seen that the last few weeks in your training that we started to do some more explosive work, some threshold work, some higher speed work so that your body can get efficient there and that economy that we talk about. And then so that your zone two speed will be a little bit faster because you're more efficient at it. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. And that's been the biggest change in the approach to this race versus Ultraman. And we talked about this yesterday, but with Ultraman, it's just about like getting that locomotive slowly up to, up to speed and just holding it as long as you can and being as steady and as efficient and consistent as possible where with this race it's constantly st stopping and starting and accelerating and surging and pulling back and you know going back and forth between swimming and running so many times that your heart rate's going to be oh, up and down and up and down so the training approach has been a lot of you know surges and strides mid run some interval work and 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 getting me acclimated to the idea of the heart rate spiking and getting it to settle back down as quickly and as efficiently as possible. And that's that's brand new for me, mm -hmm. um, but I feel like I'm finally starting to acclimate to that a little bit. Yeah, and it, it, the heart rate probably won't come down that often in some of these shorter sections that we just looked at. Um, it's also just being familiar and 
confident of knowing to see a certain heart rate or feel a certain way, knowing that you can continue on. You don't have to worry about mm -hmm. it. I see so many athletes, whether it's on the track or in cycling classes, they'll look at their heart rate monitor during the class and get freaked out by the numbers that they're seeing. And it already starts taking away from the value of that interval of that workout. Right. Sometimes just put it away. Trust that you're building the fitness. If you blow up and fail, that's why it's training. It's a perfect time to understand how long you can hold that lump in your throat, barely can breathe, <laughs> going that hard effort. Yeah, right. I think you tweeted the other day something about, um, you know, this, it had to do with our relationship with our wearables and our mm -hmm. tracking devices and how we can become too wedded to them and become too predictive about what we think we can or can't do. Yeah. And you said, you know, look, sometimes you got to just, you got to race. Otherwise you could just mail in your, your train, you know, send, email your training data in and they would make a decision on who, who wins wow, based look on at that. that. Yeah. 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 So there's a difference between, um, you know, an appropriate responsible use of these tools to, you know, kind of predict where you're at exactly. uh, and, and tweak your training appropriately and, and just knowing your body and letting go of all that and getting into feel and racing. Yeah. And the confidence of having seen numbers and feel uh, having felt like that is so huge in, in a race of a longer day like ours, eight to nine hours. Well, you just know I can recover from this. I'll be fine. You go through so many emotional swings in these endurance days, and even in shorter races, where you think three minutes is endlessly far away. But if you just let it happen and mm -hmm. trust that it will eventually come down, let's say your heart rate, or that you'll eventually feel better in a few minutes, but no quick irrational decisions, just be patient. And you've seen this before, you're familiar with the process and your brain can just sort of accept it versus being freaked out by it and using energy that you don't want to waste anyway. Yeah, I noticed that when I'm in a, in, a, in a phase of training where I'm fatigued and I go out for a run and the first 15 minutes are just horrific and you just feel like there's just, I'm not gonna be able to finish this. Like I gotta pull the plug. But then, you know, something will click and then you feel fine, you know, so Oftentimes. it's not about saying like, oh, you know, I'm going to get I'm going to give up. You got to trust that you're going to it's going to change how you feel, at least when you have that base of fitness. Yeah. And oftentimes it clicks when you stop thinking about it and just allow your body to take over the natural motions of the activity you're doing. Oftentimes when you're out for a run and if you're looking at the pace and the heart rate and doing that check on how you're feeling too much, you never back out of just relaxing and enjoying the process. And then next thing you know, a few minutes later, you're like, ah, there it is. Mm -hmm. I just let it happen. Right. And that's the nice part. So I feel like you've had me on a bit of a maintenance program lately because I've had a bunch of travel and my schedule has been a little bit off, you know, what I would like it to be when I'm at home and life is busy like it is for most people. And I keep waiting for you to hit me with the huge week. You know, we're 11 weeks out and it's still like an hour run here, an hour swim. And I'm like, we're looking at an eight, nine hour race, man. Where are those huge days that you threw at me when I was getting ready for Ultraman? Are they coming or is they this are a different coming. approach? They are coming. It's just that, we, you know, you've been out of it for a couple of years and we've been on a healthy build. You've stayed healthy. You've stayed motivated. You've been able to handle everything we've done so far. And so peaking too early, trying to do this volume too early and have you either get injured, get sick, or get unmotivated 
would not be ideal because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're my partner. I need you to be part of this. Yeah, I know. I think you said you need. You might have said it the last time we talked. Like this is the first time where your success is wedded to another individual. Exactly. And don't you know? Don't think that I don't feel that pressure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, like I want to do well, but like I don't want to let you down either. You know, yeah. I don't want to yeah. disappoint Well, that's you. half the fun we're gonna have out there, right? And so part of your training process is that I want you peaking and feeling your best and really excited to race in mid-August mm-hmm. when we're two, three weeks out and you're like, wow, now all I need to do is hold this together, get some good sleep, get some good recovery, and then let it all hang out in a few weeks. If that were happening in June, that's a long time still to go and yeah. train and then you think my body needs another build and another build and can I maintain this edge, this really good connection to my body where I feel healthy, I feel fit and I feel motivated. You put those three together, you might not have to hit the ideal fitness for something, for any event, but if you can put those three together, you're pretty much ready to outperform what you do in training any day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that's that's the role of the coach, right? It's not. It's not just about throwing as much as you can at somebody. It's about knowing when to do that and picking that appropriate moment for that. Yeah, you know, and I, I can't remember whether we addressed this last time we spoke, but we began this structured training regimen back. I think it was uh, November. Yep, I was, was just about November. November. Yeah, and. At that time, leading up to that, in the four and a half or five years prior to that, you know, I was getting up and and getting out there pretty much every day, if not every day, you know, four or five days a week, and feeling like I'm still pretty fit. But where I'm from, where I'm sitting right now, looking back on that, I was like, I wasn't fit at all. Like the difference in how I feel now versus then is unbelievable. But it took a, a consistent approach to you know, intentional training for a six month period. We're coming up on seven months just to get back to baseline, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is how it feels to be really fit again. And just being patient and, and realizing it'll take that long to do it uh, in a way that is not going to get me injured or burned exactly. out or exhausted. You know? And that's what I say to so many people is fitness isn't about what you can do one day, especially in the endurance world. It's how you feel the next day and a couple of days later so that you can continue to repeat the process and continue to get fitter. Right. So many people can blow out a great one day, but then they're shelled for a couple of days and then, then the workout quality of what they did gets lost. Right. But if you can come back from, let's say, our 8,000-yard swim yesterday and swim a good swim practice today and not feel too re- tired from it, or like you were saying earlier, I feel pretty good. That mm-hmm. didn't take that much out of me. That's a sign of fitness. That's what I define as fitness because now you're able to withstand what I, what the training plan throws at you, and you're absorbing it, right? You're, uh, you're taking the load and can absorb it and therefore get stronger. Yeah, I felt great today. And, you know, I flew in from Miami. I didn't get very much sleep. I was like, oh, Chris wants me to get out of the pool. You know, I was like, I don't know if I, you know, how this is going to go, jet lagged and all of that. We put in 8,000 in the pool and then we did a pretty mellow hour trail run right after that. And I felt awesome. And I woke up today. I'm not sore at all from Mm -hmm. the swim. And I put in another, you know, run this morning and I felt great. 
so I know that you know that fitness is starting to kick in and I can trust on that yeah yeah and and you'll need some sleep and some recovery in a couple of days because things like jet lag or where your body's a little bit more fatigued from just travel the stress of that takes usually two three days for it to show itself mm-hmm. yeah um, and you'll you'll probably have one of those days <clears throat> excuse me where you're gonna say wow I was pretty flat today yeah. and that's probably midweek but that doesn't mean you can't absorb what you're doing right now we'll just go easier for a couple of days before we really build back up again yeah I think that you know as humans we don't appreciate the natural circadian rhythms that our bodies require and you know, when you travel, you just think, oh, I'll shake off jet lag in a day. And it, you know, you just, I don't care who you are like that. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. They say, um, a time zone is an hour. It takes a day. Mm-hmm. So if you move it three time zones to Miami in order to really be back at your peak performance and your abilities to train and absorb takes three days, mm-hmm. three hour time change. That's why Europe nine hours. You know, sure, can we get there nine days prior? No, but we can start thinking about the process in the two weeks prior to get us closer to that time zone. You are listening to this podcast because you care about improving your health and your well being. But this quest is incomplete if you have yet to add my friend Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More podcast into your listening quiver. An RRP favorite and someone I'm personally quick to call when I'm in need of good advice. From nutrition to mindset, fitness, and relationships, each episode is packed with the tools you need to become the architect of your health. Subscribe to Feel Better, Live More, available wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. There are certain rare people who have a powerful voice and know how to use it. My friend Amanda Decadene is one such human. The podcast is called The Conversation because it is the conversation. A groundbreaking series of raw and honest exchanges on the issues that matter most. Mental health, sex, politics, ambition, gender roles, and more. Listen to The Conversation wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. One of the things that I haven't spent enough time really looking into and getting comfortable with is all the crazy gear (laughs) that goes into this race. And it's intimidating me, like people have these crazy contraptions where they have they have their pull buoys strapped to their leg and they have all these pockets in their wetsuit and there's you know a tether like a rope you know an yep. elastic rope that will attach between teammates i guess that's optional i don't know how it works like 
I need to get clear on like the rules and all of that stuff. And we were talking about it yesterday. Like, do we need all of this stuff? Like people are carrying, they're like bivouacking with all this gear. And to me, it seems like the less gear we bring, the, the, we reduce the chance for failure because with every piece of gear that you add on, you are, uh, you know, you're, you're complicating the equation and you're creating opportunities for things to go wrong or things to get lost or not function properly. Or to get frustrated, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're hoping, you and I, to keep it as simple as possible. Um, that knowing that we're swimmers and we can keep that, those paces and those times that we want to swim these sections in, um, that we can simulate that and be ready for that. Mm-hmm. And that we test it with pull boy, without pull boy, with our shoes and how it all ties in. Um, so it's going to be a lot of simulation over the next eight weeks so that we know three weeks out exactly what we're doing. So maybe we should recap exactly what this Odalo race is. If somebody's listening yeah. to this for the first time and they have no idea yeah, <laughs> what we're talking about. It's a 75K distance event takes about, for us, we're looking at around eight to nine hours, and it's the Swim Run World Championships. And so we swim across, I think it's 26 islands. We have 52 transitions, Mm -hmm. and the runs are anywhere from 11 to 12K, all the way down to 100 meters. Right. (laughs) And then the swims are anywhere from 2K to 100 meters. So you're running across little tiny islands, then jumping back in on the in other very side. Very cold water. Exactly. And climbing and, up slippery rocks. Yeah. And bouldering and a little bit. Working your way to the next island across the, the sea. <laughs> and then getting out and doing it again. And, and we, we do the whole thing in a wetsuit with our running shoes on the entire yeah. time. Swim cap on um, until late, where we'll probably take them off for, for heat purposes. Um, and yeah, we carry all our gear with us. So we'll be using paddles the entire time. Yeah, the, the rule is they allow you to basically bring whatever you want to traverse the the waterways. Exactly. But the rule is you got to carry it with you. So some people actually put fins on, right? Yep. And then they run with their fins. And they got to carry their fins when yeah. they're running. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to do that. No, we're not doing that. So the big, the big issue with us is we were talking about the other day, like, are we going to do this pull buoy thing or are we going to bag the pull buoy? Yeah. Well, we'll see how we design the wetsuit too. So we're lucky that we're getting wetsuits designed right. so for us. So we're working with Roca and uh, they're, they're designing a, a special wetsuit for us, which exactly. I'm very excited about. So, and they're the input with regards to how the pull buoy will work and where we want our buoyancy and so on will be very, very valuable. Mm-hmm. There was an article in uh, Triathlete Magazine, or maybe it was just online, triathlete.com. I don't know when it went up. I think it went up in the last couple of days, and it was all about how Swim Run is finally uh, getting a foothold here in the U.S., uh, and how all the triathletes are now obsessed with this crazy race that was uh, devised by these crazy Swedes who, I think they came up with it over beers and a bet. Yep. Kind of like how Iron Man started, I suppose. Very similar over a cocktail napkin that had a, a navigational map on the back of it of all these islands. Mm-hmm. And I think they literally said, wouldn't it be cool if we started way out here and worked our way back? And can we do it in a day? I think the question was, uh-huh. and of course they did. <laughs> yeah. And so in Europe, 
swim run has become a thing, especially in Northern Europe. And this event that, that we're doing in Sweden is the world championship version of that, but it's a whole series. I think they did Sicily was this past weekend. And now you're seeing these races crop up in the United States and, and people are digging it. You know, it's a, it's a fun new uh, type of adventure race that I think breaks the, the doldrums of, you know, just doing triathlon after triathlon after triathlon. Yeah. Yeah. And some really cool locations, especially the ones in Europe look gorgeous mm -hmm. in, in some of these countries down there. And then the one this year in the United States is in Maine. So similar concept where you can imagine a rocky, craggy coast and cold water and swimming from little island to island. So it, it's the ideal spot. I'm excited. I first heard about it when Gordo Byrne and Jonas Kolting uh, won it. That must have been five years ago or something, six years yeah. No, maybe longer than that. Maybe even longer I can't than remember that, what year yeah. it was. So that was, a, that was my introduction to it, and I thought it was super cool. Both these guys, Gordo, uh, who you know both these guys, yep. they both are Ultraman world champions, uh, uh, in, incredible athletes. Gordo is a coach or was a coach. I don't know if he's coaching athletes now, but is an amazing uh, resource and knowledge base on yes. endurance training. Great guy, yeah. Right. Very helpful always. And then there's been a lot of Ironman champions who've done swim run. Mm -hmm. You know, Ferris El Sultan did it. Um, and there's, they're pulling swimmers, Olympic swimmers in um, from all, all over. So it's, it's going to be quite yeah. the event. And, and this year, uh, Hilary Biscay, also Ultraman world champion, is doing it with Caroline Burkle, who is a, an Olympic gold medalist swimmer. Mm -hmm. And um, Rebecca Sony, uh, who is also an, Olymp an Olympian, Olymp a former podcast guest, is doing it uh, with the Spartan race king, Hunter, uh, Hunter the Sheriff. <laughs> so that's going to be, and he did it last year, and they filmed it for outside television, which is a pretty fun watch, uh, these guys. So that, uh, you can get a good visual on what that's all about. I mean, I'll put a link in the show notes up to that so you guys yeah. can check that out. So, so what, what's my, what's my blind spot right now? I think the long runs is where we're going to start working into. We talked a little bit about it yesterday, but I want us to get to a point that you're comfortably running three, four hours so that your engine is able to maintain a good four hours of activity. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be high intensity, but we're getting ready for an eight to nine hour event. So oh, as we build over the next few weeks, that you're comfortable with going out and putting forth energy, your heart moving for six, seven, eight hours. Mm -hmm. So there will be some big days, but six hours is plenty. We don't need to all put it on that day. Um, we want it on the Labor Day, that it is the race, September yeah, fourth, early, I think it September. is. So that's the day we want to go eight hours. But in training, that your your energy systems and your body is ready to just continuously go for six ish hours. Mm -hmm. And so we'll get the run going on the volume properly. And like we did similarly for Ultra, Ultraman, where you're able to get in the pool, do a two three hour swim, eat a little bit, drink a little bit, and off you go. Do a three four hour run. There's our six hours right there done. Why no? Cycling. I mean, you've given me a couple, you know, bikes along the way, but only a few here and there. And, you know, given the fact that like cycling is a way to build that eight hour endurance because you can, you know, keep your heart rate elevated over an extended period of time without the risk of injury that, that, uh, you know, you're looking at if you're putting in too much running. 
That's the perfect example to give you because I'm worried about your availability of time. So in order for us to maximize your time towards our event in 11 weeks, I think the cycling right now to build up that time and volume so that you can properly handle a six hour bike ride is not the best use of our time because we still need that longer run every other week. We still want to do some swim run simulation. We still want to keep the threshold work in there. Once you start piling all the things that we don't want to overlook, the time runs out to have a five, six hour bike ride. Yeah, and uh, this is the biggest difference for me versus my approach to Ultraman because my life is just busier and more complicated in a great way than it was, but that's required me to adopt a different mindset in my approach to this race. Whereas when I was getting ready for Ultraman in 2009, to, you know, 2011, I was just all about it. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, give it all to me. I am going in 110% on this. And this year with this race, I'm super focused and I'm going to do all the workouts, but I have to balance that against these other obligations and opportunities that I have, like everybody has, um, that I don't want to forsake for the purpose of just being all in on training. And that's uncomfortable for me because I don't like to toe the line at a race unless I know I've given everything to it. And so I've had to kind of step back from that and say, it's okay. You know, I'm, I want to have fun. You know, it's about the lifestyle. 100% about the lifestyle. And we've talked about this briefly, whether it was this time or last time, but we're not going to win this thing. Right. And guess what? Even if we did, our lives and responsibilities back home, it's not going to change, change anything. Yeah. Great. We'll have a title to put next uh-huh. to our sports whatever right but it's like okay well let's look the best use of our time could we train more could we really geek out on this and get every detail figured out or are we going to go there do really well be competitive race right not just pace and then just have the a good solid day where we represent ourselves and represent our training and our Mm -hmm. sacrifice and the time we put into it really well and we finish and we feel really good about you know what that was awesome and we did everything realistically that we could given where we are in our current lives to put forth on that day and anything more where you start going back into where you're sacrificing so much time family professional life in order to just get third versus sixth right (laughs) you know yeah and i think that's a that's a really healthy message for the age group athlete out mm -hmm. there you know like what how important is this to you and what is the impact that it's going to have on your life and i understand like the sort of feeling that you get of of knowing you did everything like there's there's a purity to that and a beauty to that but at the same time, you're exactly right. Like third, fifth, sixth, does it does it matter? Is it going to change your life? And and in order to you know bridge that final five percent or ten percent, the hour the hours of investment that that requires are disproportionately large. Yeah, exactly. And we've both been in those lives, and we can also give the perspective on we know what it's like on the other side, and it's the difference isn't that dramatic, or it doesn't buy you anything that much more in your lifestyle that you're a champion of something. Mm -hmm. Um, And the sacrifice is to live this monastic lifestyle that neither you or I are going to do, right? Nope. 
And I, I think that's an appropriate place to kind of discuss the idea of peak performance in general. Like we talked about this when we were running yesterday. I had um, Brad Stolberg and Steve Magnus on the podcast and, and you talked about their book, Peak Performance. And you had a couple thoughts on that that I thought would be interesting to share. Yeah, well, thanks for bringing that up because I am a big believer in that three stool, three-legged stool concept, right? Your athletics, your professional life, and your personal life are each a leg of that stool. And if one of them is not grounded and solid, the stool falls over. Mm -hmm. And so we can be oh so passionate, oh so focused, have the right mindset in our athletics, but if our professional life or our family life is a weak leg, we're not sitting on that stool, we're falling and crashing. And so it becomes extremely important in all of this message of peak performance for masters athletes. We're not talking, you know, people going to the Olympics or right. you know, high school or college athletes still looking to achieve what they possibly could achieve is that you need balance. And I remember in many days and many times where I was swimming, getting ready for Olympic trials or many of the athletes that I work with. And I always make sure that you need to realize that you still have family out there and you still have life out there. And if one creates too much stress, your workouts are compromised too. Mm -hmm right? You're, you're leaving to go on that three hour run or that four hour bike ride with some work and you're going two hours in, you're saying, I really should be back right now answering some of those emails or my wife is going to be really upset with me when I walk in that door because I've been gone again for four and a half hours yeah. or there's a zillion stories and it's balancing that so that you actually have peak performance in all three of those. Yeah, because you may complete your workout, but then if you're arguing with your partner for the next three hours, or you're in the you're you're in the shitter with your boss or something, you know, that's going to create all kinds of emotional turmoil. Yeah, that's going to impact. You know, it's going to have this ripple effect on on your entire life. Yeah, and it's not sustainable over the long term. Like we keep saying, your ability to do it back to back to back week after week. That creates more fitness, even if instead of what you see, let's say triathletes, 20 hour training week threshold, right? Oh my gosh, that's a lot of training. You could be quite close to that on 10 to 11 hours a week, but if your life is in balance, and by balance meaning good sleep, good relationships, good, good harmony, that you feel really effective in those 10 and 11 hours of training. Mm -hmm. versus, okay, I'm just going to add another 45-minute run real quickly here this afternoon, sneak out, tell, <laughs> tell the family, tell the family I'm just getting the paper <laughs> yeah. and I'll <laughs> yeah. come back an hour later. Uh -huh. um, I mean, of course, there's a little bit of exaggeration in that, but we all have felt that where you leave or you're halfway through a longer workout going, gosh, I should have answered a couple more emails or I really should have finished that project or I have that looming over my head. And then the quality of you doing that bike ride, doing those hill repeats, doing that good swim practice is out the window because your mind's elsewhere. Mm -hmm. You're not in the moment anymore. Yeah, it requires you to let go of some level of perfectionism, right? Yeah. I have to execute every workout perfectly. Ultimately, you're going to burn out on that or something else is going to bend in your life. Yep. And, you know, I always feel like, oh, if I don't do like exactly, you know, what you've sort of mapped out for me, that I'm going to be way behind and it's going to be a disaster. But you're always super mellow. You're like, okay. Cool. Or I call you and I'm like, I got to travel. I got to go. You're like, okay, it's cool. Yeah. Work it out. Don't worry about it. We can always catch up on the fitness. 
I need you to be healthy and motivated, and then I can work on your fitness. If you're not healthy or if you're burnt out, therefore not motivated, I can give you all the training in the world, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to have fun or enjoy doing it or do it right. And by you being healthy in order to absorb the training and motivated as in have fun doing it and a smile on your face and really understanding why you're doing it and feel good about why you're doing it, that's the key. And I think from the athlete's perspective, you know, what comes with experience is knowing when you're starting to edge up against that burnout phase and having, you know, the discipline to say, you know, I'm, I'm backing off. Yeah. You know, when you're less experienced, you're less willing to do that. Um, and, you know, as, you know, turning 50 this year, I feel like in some, in some respects, this is like uncharted waters. It's like, I'm 50, like, what can I do? What's possible? Um, and it's exciting to feel fit and to be performing at the level that I'm at. I wasn't sure that I was gonna get to this place. I mean, during that six month period of trying to get back, it was like I was doing all this training just so I could get fit enough to train and I wasn't seeing it and I wasn't seeing it, but I just kept showing up consistently. But I had moments of doubt where I was like, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's gonna come back. Maybe it won't. Maybe that five years was too long to take a break, but now it's like it's clicked in and I feel good and I'm excited about that. So what do you, like, you know, what is the difference as we age up and, and with the athletes that you work with that are in their 50s, that are in their 60s and are trying to be competitive? Like what becomes, other than the balance things that we've talked about, like what are the things that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people in those categories overlook or could work on or require a little bit more focus? Well, something we talked about yesterday is that you can't hang on to your old performances and your own train, old training habits and your old training self, right? Yeah. When we're in our 20s and 30s, you, have un, you feel like you have unlimited time and life isn't as busy so that you can train more, recover differently, have those extra hours. But as we get older and more responsibilities come into life, you don't have these magic 20, 30 hours a week to train. And so as we get older, it's of course that being careful not to try to do the hours or the intensities or the paces or the wattages that you used to do, let go of those. You're a new person now. Yeah, it's train where you're at, not where you think you should be or where you used to be. Or where you you think you could be, right? right? Um, a lot of people see numbers these days out there and paces and try to force themselves into that too quickly. And then the injury bug comes and we're back to unmotivated, not healthy. Right. That's been most palpable with me in the pool with the pace clock. And yeah. it's like for a long time, it's like, I, I can't even look at the pace clock. I'm not even going to look at it. Like I'll just count to five or 10 in between these, these repeats and just do get the workout in. Now I'm fit enough where I feel okay looking at it, but it's that it's like, you know, back in the day, it's like, I'll do, you know, 10 100s on 105 and hold 55s and it ain't nothing but a thing, you yep. know? And now it's like, if I can, if I can do a 105, you know, it's like, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, you have to reframe your expectations. But just consider that's more than half your life ago. I know. I know. Yeah. Cause I still feel like, I, I feel like I'm, I feel good. I feel yeah. like 20. So I, why can't I keep, why, yeah. why shouldn't I be able to, you know, it's, still be able to do that? It doesn't work like that. And you probably could for a little bit. Yeah. But again, it's not sustainable. Right. Well, yeah. And then I was swimming doubles every single day. And, you know, you're putting in twelve to 20,000 yards a day over years and years and years and years. 
that efficiency that and that anymore. economy of doing that yeah. is amazing. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up here in a minute, but let's let's leave people like we've been very specific to like what we're doing and mm-hmm. the race that we're we're preparing for. But what do you you know what do you see in the athletes that you work with um, that are sort of common mistakes or things that um, trip trip up a lot of the athletes that you work with that are easily fixable or just you know some digestible wisdom for people who are well, maybe preparing for their first marathon or half marathon or half Ironman. Yep. The key there is listening to your body, right? We have so many tools and so many distractions these days on what our body should be doing, heart rate monitors, pace and all that, but just listening to your body, knowing that it needs sleep, knowing that it needs good nutrition, knowing that it needs to recover and your ability to come back the next day and do something again is the key, right? I know, but come on, like, I, what watch are you wearing? Like, I, I need to know, like, what, you know, like, which heart rate monitor should you get? You I know, get that question. Kind of shoes are you? I, I get those questions hilarious. all the time. I posted on Instagram the other day. Like, I get so many, like, DMs and comments and, like, you know, what because what, what watch are you wearing? What's the heart rate monitor? I, was, I, I read this post. And I'm like, it's not about the gear. The yeah. gear's cool. It's awesome. Yeah. I like my Garmin. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And it's helpful. But that's not the focus of my approach to my training. You know? yeah, and, like, and, it, and it can become a distraction. And I, I wrote this whole long thing about, like, just don't worry about it. Like, just go out and, and move your body. Yep. Listen to your body. Get intuitive about it how you feel. It tells you so much. It tells you so much. And I've said to so many athletes, if we get to them to the point where your morning resting heart rate is truly the indicator of our training and how you're doing this run versus the last run differences in heart rate, and then that we're in a pretty good spot because then you're pretty fit that we're looking at those mm-hmm. details. Let's first get that fitness that you feel really good about yourself, really connected to yourself. Because after a while, you'll know when you're not sleeping well. You know when you're not rested in the morning. You can feel it in your heart rate on your own or when you wake up super tired. Mm-hmm. You'll know when you're super hungry. You'll know when you crave certain types of food. Oh, that's electrolytes or that's mineral deficits. Or you know, There's so many things that your body gives you clear signals for. You just need to understand that language it's speaking to you. Yeah, and the difference between that and the Garmin when you when you have the Garmin you're you're outsourcing all of that you're almost cut you're turning that switch off and you're training yourself to not pay attention to how you feel exactly. because you just want the data on the you know on and the like Garmin we said yesterday you. with the activity trackers right sure you can have gone a certain amount of steps today but what was the quality of those steps I mean you know you can walk downhill on those steps too uh-huh. um, but it's Think about the quality of what you're doing. It doesn't have to be a certain amount. It has to be, what is it I'm doing that's truly of quality and value to me? How am I progressing forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we went on that run, I mean, we ran like 9.30 pace. Huh? It was, you know, it's like- <laughs> And I told you as we were finishing, and, and I was like, that's you know, this, perfect. The guy sitting across from me, two-time Olympian, age group world champion in Ironman, and he's going out for a casual run. And you're not worried about like, oh, these have to be under seven. No, not at all. It was more about conversational pace, which we did. It was more about clean, technically sound motions, which we did. We ran light, we ran good strides, a good form. And it's not about the pace. 
when we need the pace, it's there because we create economy of motion in the clean stuff when we're going easy. Mm-hmm. What is your take on uh, all the kind of recovery tools that are out there from compression gear to compression boots to foam rollers and you know all the kind of stuff that's available, like all the devices and the, the things that we can buy and invest in? Like, What is your approach to your own recovery and, and how do you talk about that with your athletes? My recovery is, um, it, my personal recovery is totally different. I, like I said, listen to my body. I don't use anything. I don't foam roll. I don't stretch. I sleep. I mean, I go to bed when my kids go to bed <laughs> and I get my eight to nine hours a night of sleep. And I know that's a luxury and not a lot of people have the schedule or the time to do that. But sleeping well, eating right, and listening to your body. So sure, those are great aids to help you get more in tune with your body. Because a lot of people have commented to me, well, Chris, you've been listening to your body since you're six years old and you've been a swimmer all your life and an athlete and so on. So of course I'm in more tune with my body, but use those recovery tools and equipment and clothing to help you get more in tune. If you're recognizing that the compression of Normatec boots is working for you, notice where else it might work for you or what other products. Just stay in sync. Notice what it's doing. Don't just blindly put it on and say, now I'm magically mm-hmm. good. Right. Or or use it as an excuse to not do, you know, exactly. just something I talk about all the time. Well, I can't train for an Ironman because I can't afford Normatec boots. Yeah, you know, yes. or I, you yes. know, or I, you know, I I can't get that you know that Garmin watch is too expensive, so I'm just not going to go running at yeah. all. And they have cheap options on all that, and cheap, not in bad quality. It's just pretty affordable, and it just starts you down the road of understanding what your body is telling you. Because mm-hmm. as you've said before, you used to have to look at a heart rate monitor for what you're running and what your zone two is about. But after a couple months of doing it. You don't need a watch because you know exactly what you're doing. You can feel it. You know the sensations that each zone brings with it. And that's the point you want to get to. Yeah, I think we talked about this last time, but I can vividly recall back in the swimming days, I didn't need to look at a pace clock. I'm sure you didn't either. It's like I knew when I touched the wall on on repeats exactly what my time would be because you're so connected. You're so in tune. Like, oh, that was a 101. That was a 58. And that's the key word, connected. And if everybody, if everybody, if more people could just be a bit more connected with their body, then they'll listen to it better and therefore nourish it better, therefore sleep better and get more out of it. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. Just those three things, nourish it better, recover better, and listen to it better. Mm -hmm. Connectivity. Yeah, but that's not sexy. No, no, and it takes a while and you actually have to quiet out everything else in order to listen to yourself a little bit. Yeah. I think the other key component to this whole thing is patience. You know, I know that you've had many experiences with athletes that come to you and they're super excited. They got a big goal and they just want to go out and and get it done as quickly as possible and, and ramp up too soon. And, you know, it took years for my body to change and acclimate to this kind of lifestyle. And I think you have to be okay with the long-term plan and not try to get it all done in a season. Yeah, I mean, we've all seen a house being built. By the time they clear the lot, put the foundation down, and those first few bricks, you think it takes forever. And then, all of a sudden, once they've done that, it starts going up pretty quickly, right? right? But that foundation, that brick upon brick upon brick, takes a while. 
but each brick is solid and it's going to stay there for a long time if you're patient with it and you lay that brick properly. Chris Health, good to talk to you, man. Good to catch up. It was great training yesterday. That was a lot of fun. It was Your super first fun. master's workout. In. I know. Well, it was funny. I said to you, like, I think it's the first time, like, I do all my training alone and, like, I don't, I don't have a solid master's program that's near my, I mean, there are plenty of them around, but they're not close to where I live. So I just go and I do the workout by myself. And the, that's fine, and the old ladies that do their yeah, the exercise. Old, yeah, the old, yeah, the exercise class. No matter what time I go to the pool, no matter how I time it, I always get there right when that class starts. And they take up like half the pool. They, like, they take up an inordinate amount of real estate in the pool. I'm just like, oh, We should yeah, talk yeah, to them yeah. about best pool boy use. They know how to use those things. I know, <laughs> I know. And the, the other thing is like they, the pool that I've, that I've been swimming at, they keep it way too warm because oh. it's kind of like, for an older set of people that come in to luxuriate. Um, so yesterday was great because the, the water temperature was appropriate and it was a structured workout with a coach on deck and a master's team. I was like, I haven't done this in like eight years. And it made that 8,000 go so much more quickly than if I was doing that by myself. I'd yeah. be like, oh, I gotta get out. this is going on forever. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I don't know, maybe I'm gonna have to drop in uh, on some structured workouts yeah it's time. fun every now and then to yeah, jump cool. in and just speed train with a couple of fast swimmers and there were plenty of fast swimmers yeah, there there really good swimmers. Yeah, yeah. it was cool and so you got a half iron man coming up this weekend yeah Coeur d'Alene nice up there this that's week. your favorite place it is my favorite that's where you place you won your iron man yeah. did you win that race twice or once uh once once yeah. uh-huh yeah. what year was that 2006 uh-huh so yeah. going up just to do the half yeah and it's going to be interesting because you haven't been riding your bike very much mm-hmm. have you Mm-mm. So it's just gonna be it's gonna be a great day to just bust out the best possible effort and just see where I'm at. And if uh-huh. I blow up, I blow up. I, I'm, I'm not going anywhere <laughs> with this. <laughs> yeah. And it, it'll be fun. I'm going up with my kids, and they're gonna get to see me race. They haven't seen me race in many years. Oh, cool. So yeah, awesome, man. Well, thanks a million. We'll do another check-in, I'm sure, before yeah. uh, before the race. But I appreciate uh, all the sage wisdom and guidance that that, that uh, you've given me. You know, and in the wake of that workout yesterday, I was going back into the city and I was just reflecting on, you know, this journey that I've been on and how integral you've been in every phase of it. You know, when we first started working together, like 2008, getting ready for that Ultraman, I had no idea like where this was gonna take me. And my life has changed so profoundly. Uh, and you're a very key component in that. And so I'm super grateful to, well, thank you. to have your support and to have you uh, by my side. So I'm really excited to, to race with you. It's gonna yeah, be super that's fun. That's gonna be a new adventure. Racing together will be fun. I'm yeah. super excited for that myself. Awesome. So you can find Chris on Twitter at AIMP Coach, also on Instagram, right? You don't do um, that much on Instagram. I, I don't do much. I, I'm private on Instagram. Private it's mainly Instagram. pictures of my kids and my dogs and uh-huh. stuff like that. And you've got your, uh, you've got your own podcast. Yeah. Endurance yep. The specific, Weekly Word. The Weekly Word. So you can find that on iTunes, right? Yep. You, didn't, you, were, you were just sending that out to your athletes for a while, but yep. then you finally pulled the trigger and put it up on iTunes. Well, a lot of my athletes just kept asking, like, come on, man. I, I don't want to go to your website and <laughs> have to download it and listen to it there. And so, yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Have you been enjoying that? actually have been it's it's a lot of fun and it's a great opportunity to just put my thoughts out there that i've observed all week during reading coaching logs and training logs and also training with my athletes where i get a lot of questions and it's great to share that 
Yeah, awesome. So check that out and uh, we'll catch you back here soon. Yeah. All right, man. 11 weeks. Good talking to you. Oh, no. Oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Peace. Blance. All right, we did it. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you did, let me know. Should I do more Coach's Corners? Uh, I think I'll probably end up checking in with Chris at least one or two more times before our event. But uh, hit me up on social media and let me know uh, how that one landed for you guys. If you're interested in the details of my daily training progression towards this event, follow me on Instagram. I'm posting daily stories kind of behind the scenes on my training. And also I'm posting every day on Strava with the specific workouts that I'm doing. Uh, and if you enjoyed Chris on the program, definitely check out episode 21, episode 256 and our first coach's corner Skype interview, which was Uh, a prefatory kind of 10 to 15 minute interlude before my conversation with Louis Cole in episode 285. Uh, If you want to connect with Chris, you can find him at AIMPcoaching.com and also on Twitter at AIMPcoach. And that's it. Have you guys checked out our meal planner yet? I talked about this last week at the end of the podcast. I'm so proud of this program that we created. Uh, Not only is it unbelievably affordable, just $1.90 a week, it's so helpful to people. It basically gives you access to literally thousands of plant-based recipes, thousands of them. And everything is super customized. When you sign up, you have to answer all these questions so that the program knows exactly what your needs are, what your preferences are, the foods that you like, the foods that you don't like, the foods that you have access to, your time constraints, any number of variables that allow it to basically serve your best interests. It also creates unlimited meal plans, grocery lists. It has grocery delivery in 22 metropolitan areas. We're getting amazing feedback on it. Everybody who signed up is absolutely loving it. And it just makes me so happy to be able to put out a really robust, helpful product that everybody can enjoy that is really affordable for most people. So check that out. If you haven't already, you can find it at meals.richroll.com or just click on meal planner at the top of the page on any page at richroll.com. Also, we have Plant Power Ireland coming up July 24 through 31. It's in County Cork, Valley Vallon, this amazing 90-acre manor. We're going to take a group of about 30, 35 people through seven days of transformation. It's going to be super fun, but it's also going to be really intense. Julie's designed an extraordinary menu. We're going to do workshops on cooking, nutrition. We're going to do trail running. We're going to have intensives on relationships and creativity. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I don't know what else to tell you. Our trips to Italy have been absolutely life transformative, not only for Uh, the people that attended, but also for Julie and I. And we're really cultivating and crafting this community. All the alumni of the trips that we've done are really bonded to each other. They have face group groups and uh, everybody's really connected. They travel to see each other. It's just been really, really cool. So excited about this upcoming trip. We do have spots that are still open. So if that sounds cool to you, go to ourplantpowerworld.com and uh, learn more and reserve your spot. Uh, If you'd like to support this show and my work, share the show with your friends and on social media, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. uh, And we have a Patreon account for those of you who would like to support uh, the work that we're doing here financially. To everybody that has done that, mad love. Thank you so much. And as I said last week, I am really trying to find a way to honor that commitment with some uh, content that goes beyond what I'm offering on the podcast, perhaps monthly uh, Ask Me Anything episodes that only Patreon members get access to or certain you know, video Facebook Lives or I don't know. I'm thinking about it. 
I'm interested in it. A couple of people reached out to me over the course of the week, as I mentioned it last week at the end of the podcast, and people said, yes, they would be into that. So uh, I am, the wheels are turning on that. I do want to be able to like honor you guys in a, in a, in a real and fundamental way. Uh, if you'd like to receive a free short weekly email from me, I send one out every Thursday. It's called Roll Call. Basically five or six things that I came across over the course of the week, like this article uh, that Amelia Boone wrote about her journey through endurance sports. I'll that's going to be in roll call and, you know, documentaries I've seen, some videos I've watched, podcasts I listen to, a product that I'm enjoying, things like that. Uh, I'm not going to spam you. When you enter your email address on my website, you'll get roll call every Thursday. You'll also get announcements about uh, podcasts when they go live and then the occasional, very, very occasional uh, product announcement. And that's it. Uh, I want to thank everybody who helped put on the show today, Jason Camiolo for audio engineering and production, and now also help with the show notes and creating the website page for the episode. Uh, Sean Patterson for help on graphics and theme music as always by Analemma. Thanks for the love, you guys. It feels so good to be coming at you twice a week, every other week, and I'm excited to continue this trend. So be well. Uh, I hope that you take Chris's message to heart today and that you incorporate that into your daily life. And I will see you back here in a couple of days. Peace, plants. Yeah.